Before listening to this episode, uh, all of us here at Critical Ditto would like to state we are united and in full support of Black Lives Matter. And in the show notes today, you can find some useful links about the movement and ways you can help support. Welcome to Critical Ditto, a Pokemon role-playing podcast fueled by your imagination. And mine, and all of ours. <laughs> and coffee today. I'm Stuart, and I'm running the game. I am Ali. I am playing the formerly frozen, now unthawed, Kenny Mullet. Kenny has by his side his trusty dartrix called Bowtie, a Magikarp called Moustache, and a Salandit, who's yet to see the light of day, called Hoops. Uh, my name is David, and I am playing Theo, the frequently wounded in finales priest of the Church of Slaslow. And by my side are a Meditite, Swaddle, uh, a Kabuto formerly known as Cabbage, and now, since the last episode, a Togekiss. <laughs> and I'm Tom, and I'm playing Brandy, the pink-haired ex-cheerleader of the Pokemon Champion, who's on a quest to become the Pokemon Champion in her own right. And by her side, she has Wimpy the Baneri. Uh, she's got... Well, she hopefully still has Gary the Scroopy, and also Snorleone the Munchlax, the Mafia boss. Yeah. Well, I, I guess technically at the moment you've only got Snorleone. I've got no one. And I've only got Togekiss. Yeah. We need to get these Pokemon back. <laughs> Speaking of which, what happened last time? Nice. There we go. Previously on Critical Ditto. And Theo reaches into the bandolier and pulls out the Will-O-Wisp powder. And it goes flying out of the cage into the crowd and ignites a section of the balsa wood seating. I'm going to try to slow things down. Kenny tried to stop time and instead stopped himself. Uh, there's a light bulb inside Theo's wounded mind and goes, Yeah, we need Pokemon. Many moons ago, Kanan came to meet Theo, a box was handed to Theo. Theo opens this box and there is a bright blinding light into what looks like a sort of eagle-like Togekiss. Machamp and the side of the cage slams into the far wall of the obelisk. Maybe stones and bits of rubble and detritus fall from the top of the obelisk. When Pokemon hear someone or something that they love in distress, they can achieve acts more miraculous than thought possible. Many people previously of the Munch Bunch, their cries are suddenly sinking into this Pokeball, and almost next to Buizel, the Pokeball of Munchlax shakes. <gasps> Buizel turns to the Shedinja. We're getting out of dodge. You take down the Kingpin. And Shedinja moves with lightning reflexes, is dipping Munchlax above the fire. Peitang chucks Munchlax as far as he can away from the flames. Both Shedinja and Peitang fall headfirst into the burning rubble. So Togekiss is going to use Life Tube, heals all allies. Before Kenny is sort of pulled out of it, for a split second, Dora, wherever she is in Formia, just sees her brother. Butang coordinating efforts to try and put out this fire, the obelisk slightly trembling and Rock the Duane crawling himself out of the rubble, and Buizel and Gardevoir clawing towards their escaping Driftblim. Two hundred filled Pokeballs a month. The species is irrelevant. Seto Kappa's thin wrist and spindly fingers held a pen above a document laid in front of Buizel. Seto was sweating, as he always did, but his gaze was steely and his voice filled with rare resolve. 
Buizel glanced around the dingy storeroom of the Pyrenal Museum, a shrine to the old exhibits and poorly planned papier-mâché displays. She grimaced at the necessity of backroom dealing. She had promised to reclaim her father's stake in Pyrenile, the stake she rightly deserved. Basements and windowless rooms were no place for a crime heiress. Buizel nodded to Jolly the Gardevoir, who relayed Buizel's thoughts to Kappa. And you can guarantee the removal of Munchlax, Mr. Kappa. As someone who deals extensively with Mr. Falutin and his flutes, you should know the Lax family are notoriously difficult to shift. Miss Buizel, Kappa Corp has more than enough resources to assist you, Kappa replied, laying the pen carefully down by the side of the document and wringing his hands before making a beckoning gesture behind him. A puff of hazy vape smoke entered the glow of the low-hanging light between Buizel and Kappa. Illicid. Tyler's relaxed frame shifted from the discarded sarcophagus leaning against the wall as he moved to stand behind his Elekid. Trust us, we can handle the petty pride issues of your family drama. Tyler's radiant aura took Buizel aback, the atmosphere charged in an instant. How... how do you know? Tyler's eyes shone with a passion his public persona would never betray. He pulled down the scarf covering his mouth to reveal a wicked grin. Cause we're the mother-mucking Pokemon League. I was wrapped. Oh, there it is! Oh, goosebumps, so much to unpack. Look at that, these vignettes, they're getting getting intense. So... Ali's gone. We've lost him. We've lost him. Ali, come back. I'm sorry, I know you lost Tyler. Too much! Tyler's evil now. We're gonna we're gonna open with Theo. Theo, Theo on sense. the toga kiss. Oh, didn't want to give us a lift. My toga kiss is big, but it's not. <laughs> it's not big, big. It's not Munchlax big. How big is a toga kiss? That is a, that good, is a good question. question. Oh, it only weighs thirty-eight kilos. Oh my god, Ooh. that poor thing is struggling. It's, <laughs> Look, Theo, yeah, but listen, it's... Theo hasn't eaten that much in the space. <laughs> I like of this the podcast. idea that Theo, rather than Theo riding on toga kiss's back, Theo's holding on to its like legs, <laughs> and it's just dragged. I like the cool image of riding that toga kiss like a surfboard, and I'm but, gonna. <laughs> Legs, yeah, mm. they're like an aircraft carrier with feet. <laughs> Actually, Theo hanging from these little feet like that, with Theo's feet just dragging along the ground. <laughs> the Toga Kiss keeps trying to get some elevation, but just can't. Um, no, sorry, it's really no, cool. It's so You're cool. surfing that Toga Kiss. No. You see Jolly the Gardevoir, Pokeballs floating in her majestic psychic haze, dashing with Buizel towards the Driftblim. They are mere metres away. And then also, on this corner of the platform is an unidentified flying contraption that we're going to design! Ooh. Ooh. I think. You, on Togekiss, are just ascending up to this mezzanine level. You get your first glimpse of the mezzanine. You see the Driftblim. You see an unidentified flying contraption, which is under a tarp, which is why it's unidentified right now. <laughs> but it looks like it might be a flying contraption! <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, okay, do you know what? What do you what do you see? Each of us are going to add a new thing. Yeah. as we get up to the mezzanine. So the level. wind, the wind is blowing the tarp off by one corner. <laughs> so you get to the first corner. Okay, I see a steam powered engine. Yes, nice. Steampunk. <laughs> We're getting a group vehicle. <laughs> no, 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 no. This needs to be destroyed by the end of the <laughs> Otherwise, you're like, okay, we're going to fly now. Yeah, we don't need the train anymore. To the Misty Mountain. Oh, God. Um, all right, yes, we see a steam engine. What do you do? So I think Theo, Theo's mindset upon seeing Gardevoir, seeing the Driftblim, seeing Weasel, is one that has kind of followed throughout the whole of this arc with Theo, which is you see a scene of, of something that's happening very, very quickly, and Theo's immediate thought is, do I somehow destroy this Driftblim? Do I, do I attack Gardevoir? But that is the thought process of, of Theo throughout this arc, is to go for the obvious, impetuous, often worst choice in this scenario. And so Theo thinks, no, let's take a pause. Let's think about what the best option is. Let's not just attack blindly when we know how strong the Gardevoir is. And so I think Theo decides that we've got reinforcements coming. The best thing that Theo can do is just intercept in between the Driftblim and the Gardevoir. That has the fewest options that can go horribly wrong. Nobody can defeat Togekiss, which is a really useful boon at this moment in time. Yes. <laughs> so Theo's just going to step in between Weasel and Jolly and the Driftblim with Togekiss and see what happens next. I have a question for Theo. Ooh. Do you feel different riding the Togekiss at all? Do you feel like, obviously, as you were saying, you make the impetuous choice so far. Is Togekiss having an effect on that? I think, it, I think it is, Tom. Um, in part because, um, as we sort of mentioned before, Togekiss has sort of a soothing aura, both physically and medicinally, but also on sort of a mental state. It sort of calms the people around it. And I think to Theo also, this this Togekiss is symbolic of the mentors and the professors and the people that Theo had at the at the church. And so Theo is being reminded of that education, of questions, of analysis, of thinking that hasn't really been present since the tree. And is just kind of like, okay, People would tell me to think, to pause, to stop, to go on the defensive rather than the offensive. It's, it's almost as if it, Theo is with Kanan at this moment. So you are moving to intercept and just basically blocking the path. Yes, absolutely. Between Jolly Buizel and the and the Driftblim. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't sound necessarily so much like a move as as for you to wait for me to make a sort of move against you. Mm. Correct. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you move to intercept. I like. I like. To describe the scene of you moving Togekiss, just rounding in front of the undercarriage of the Driftblim. This pink, dusty fairy aura emanating outside. Jolly and Weasel just come to a, a stop, eyeing you up. No dialogue spoken. down onto the other level, Kenneth Mullet. Oh. Welcome back to reality and the oh, present. There goes gravity. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, I'm so far away. There's fire around you. Oh, no. Chang is ordering people to like put out oh, fire. Oh, there's a mangled way. corpse over there. This yep. is not fun. Um, Roy, do I need to help people? You see, crawling out of the wreckage, you see Dwayne. Duh. And Dwayne looks injured. Like, he's trying to crawl out of the, out of the wreckage. But he looked bad, and he's sort of like looking around to see if there's anyone who could help him 
Um, but everyone's sort of very much focused on the fire and stuff, and it looks like he might be sort of losing consciousness a little bit, losing the will. What do you do? Oh, no. Oh, I feel so responsible for that. God, this is probably a bad idea, but... Uh, Mr. Forearms? Um... He responds instantly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my true name. <laughs> I'm going to run over to him yep. and go, Here, l- let me help try to pull up a log. But surprise, surprise, Kenny's minus one in tough. So that's not going to go very well. Well, you're, you're trying to deadlift a log off off Dwayne. But like, it's it's an instinctive, it's not oh, thinking. Like it. It's the like opposite it. of what of what Theo would do. Okay. So he's going to sort of try to pull that and then go, wait, this is a terrible idea. Um, and instead is... It's going to try to imbue the Machamp with strength Ooh. necessary to push him off. Ooh. So Kenny is going to <laughs> say, okay, first of all, I'm really sorry if this goes horribly, horribly wrong and makes it much worse. <laughs> I almost quite enjoy, Kenny, now you're going to pre- preface any time you try to help someone with, this This could go much worse than you could even hope to imagine. <laughs> oh, I've killed a loved one of yours. I'm so sorry. And yeah, I'm going to touch the Machamp on the shoulder and look through the conduit of his sister's scrunchie and mm. and try to sort of empower the Machamp with like think think Popeye with spinach. Just give him a, give a him temporary an ex- boost. Ex- extra boost to, mm. to strength. What he's gonna do, last time as we established it went bad because he had this this bad memory that he was trying to channel. It was the last time he saw her where he got the conduit where she was screaming, no don't go. He's gonna try to think of a positive memory of Dora his, his little sister to try to channel this through and desperately hope that this works. So is this a, is this a specific this is a move? move. Is, we're, I'm using poker powers. It's plus weird. Think of it like he's using bulk up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh, oh, I like yeah. that. All right. Please, dice. <gasps> oh, what is it? It's double ones. Snake eyes. Oh, Two no. ones. Two ones. That's really bad. You know what? No. I'm using a luck point. Holy sugar! I'm using, using a luck point. point. You don't want those double ones. No. no you know no, what? No. Fair enough. Oh, Fair this, enough. Well, okay. So this. Is, so you've uh, you've instantly turned that into a double six plus plus. What's your weird? Plus two. Forty. So you've turned it into a fourteen. Just okay. to remind the listeners, all the characters have a certain number of luck points that they can use, but these luck points are finite. There are only six. Oh, all six. I thought there are only seven. there are only six luck points. Once you use all your luck points, something really bad will happen to you. But you know you've. Had six times where you've just done exactly what you wanted to do. So my wow. reason well, for this is because I think if this went badly, Kenny would never try to use any poker powers ever again, <laughs> and yeah, I don't want that to fair, happen. Fair. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bad conduit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a really bad. Yeah, I don't exactly. think Dora's a great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Great do you have any nice memories of Dora? <laughs> How does it look like it's going to go bad? But then go really well. Well, you have you have free narrative reign with yeah. this, Ali, because you've used a luck point. So I yeah I I. I Defer to you for this. The conduit, as he's using it, and there's this fire in this room, it's, it's hot. The conduit looks like it starts to melt. It looks like it starts to blacken, burn Kenny's wrist a little bit, the way plastic would on skin. But more through sort of sheer willpower than anything. Um, and Kenny sort of grabs his forearm because he feels the pain. And the Machamp lifts one of his free arms up, places it on Kenny's shoulder. So the two of them are having like a little bro moment. <laughs> A broment, if you will. And they look at each other in the eyes, and Kenny just hears from the Machamp, Machamp. Kenny realises in this Pokemon, pure determination to to use your body to win things, and he clenches the, the forearm a little bit, 
pushes back the burning and sees it start to lighten up again, go away from blackened and burning into full and whole and starts to glow a little bit. And as he glows, this glow uh, transfers from the arm down across the Machamp through each and every one of their arms as the Machamp lifts up all the rubble around him and throws it to one side. Kenny just says to him, So, I need some help getting up there. And Rock the Dwayne Johnson cracks his multiple knuckles. Merchamp! And gives you a wry smile. Toss me. Don't tell the cheerleader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, you will be tossed. Right, Brandy, you've seen Togekiss flying up towards the mezzanine. You are on the platform with Snorleone. What do you do? Right, there are stairs, aren't there? There are stairs that Weasel and uh, Jolly ascended, yes. Oh, God, there, there was a guy that just got burned to death <laughs> next to me, which is really horrifying. Brandy doesn't care about that. <laughs> but didn't... Oh, this is going to sound awful. Didn't Peitang have a cane sword? He did have a sword, yes. It was from a ruler. So I think Snorleone walks over... Almost looks like Snorley only has a soft, softer moment of remembrance before. Bless my surrogate son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is, is Butang there? Does Snorley only and, and Butang have a moment? Yeah, why not? I'm sorry. No. For everything. I should have been stronger. No. I should have stood with you. No, Munchlax. And now my son. Munchlax, Munchlax. Munchlax touches Butang on the cheek. Gestures from himself to Butang, as if you and I are the same. You and I, me and you, we both the two of us son. together. <laughs> Much like Jake takes him by the head, kisses him on the forehead. Thank you, sir. We will rebuild stronger in my son's name. Munch, bunch, munch, bunch. <laughs> now I need to go back to fighting this fire, or we will all burn horribly. <laughs> Snorleone picks up the ruler sword. And kills Butang. No, <laughs> join your son. I know you want. I saw it in your eyes. You wanted to be together, and now you can be finally. Snorley only picks up picks up the ruler sword and hands it to Brandy in a kind of. I'm now passing on the will of Paytang, who was to inherit the Munch Bunch legacy. Oh, to to Brandy with the ruler sword. Okay. Wow, Brandy! Brandy doesn't doesn't hear doesn't know any of that context. Does, so so Brandy's much... got a katana essentially. Yeah. So he's much like saying that, is in like here is the will of the great Munch Bunch. The crime family of generations will be passed through you. And Brandy goes, "What am I going to do with this? I don't know what to do with the sword. I'll take it, sure, because well, we're fighting insurmountable odds. Come on, Snorleone, let's go." So Brandy starts running up the stairs. Munchlax walks. So, so to the point where Brandy runs up the stairs, looks back, Munchlax is taking one stair at a time. The stairs are slightly too tall, so there's like, he's got to like, climb a little Aww. bit just to, just to get Munchlax. up. Munchlax. Munchlax. Like, he's used to being carried. Places. He's also, he's also like, smokes cigars like six a day, so he's so like, Very wheezy. <laughs> so, basically, Brandy, <laughs> Brandy runs back down the stairs and then sort of tries to pick up Snorleone, but he's so heavy, heavy that they're, they're, they're now like, sort of hobbling, but they no. are on their way okay. they are on their way up the stairs she also i imagine a, a, a breeze 
knocks over some of the tarpaulin on the oh, yes, machine. The, yeah, yeah, the breeze. Yeah. Oh, the breeze. <laughs> the breeze. Ah, the breeze. So I can, pesky I, breeze. <laughs> oh, they, are, why didn't they tie it down more? We are very much up in the clouds. Which yeah. is true. Yeah, so it's a big breeze. Yeah. So I see... The other side, so uh, Theo saw the steam steam engine type thing. Yep, yeah. So then the other side breezes over. Mm-hmm. I see like a figurehead thing. Ooh. And, you know, to go off the steam engine idea, it's actually shaped in the head of a torkoal. So there's the steam engine. So that's obviously what makes the thing fly, even though we don't know it flies yet. Oh, you, you've you hinted know. that it's you know. a flying machine. <laughs> but the front, that's kind of... The design of it is to look like a torkoal. Oh, cool. So there's a, there's a torkoal head. Nice. So we've got flying macargos and flying torkoals. Oh yeah, fire Pokemon as <laughs> a fire flying narrative. In the Formia region, torkoal is fire flying. Oh, oh! 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 oh I love that. Oh, I did it as a joke, but it works. Okay, we'll get we'll get to that in a bit. Okay, so you see that, but what do you do? Do you see to... Theo between Driftblim and uh, Buizel and Jolly, kind of at a Mexican standoff? Yeah, I'm trying to catch up. From the back to support Theo, and I'm going to try and use all my strength to drag Snorleone up the up the stairs. Might I sort of suggest it's something? They are facing away from you. They are. Yes, they are facing. They are, their attention kiss. is very much on this <laughs> new mystical Pokemon uh, that their former foe is riding. You know, Brandy's move could be to get Snorleone in place, where Snorleone can do something. Oh, I know exactly what the plan is. I just need to get Snorleone there. Is that so? That's your move to get Snorleone there. I want to get Snorleone as near these floating Pokeballs as possible. Okay, so this is well, that's that's quite a physical move, I suppose, for Brandy, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah so I would say so. Do you want to roll plus tough? Yep. I've got a plus two to tough. Oh. <sighs> oh. We had double ones, folks. Oh. We've just had double. Sixes. Oh, oh Lord! Two crits okay. in a row. Yet again, the world bends to my godlike will. So, <laughs> and um, for me, as again, double sixes. I'm going to hand hand narrative control to you. But you said there was kind of two stages to this plan. So I think because you've basically crit succeeded, I think yeah. both both of those stages can succeed in how you want them to succeed. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now the plan's gotten a slightly more intense because of the mass success. So rather than just dragging Snorleone slowly up the stairs. Okay, so in all the rubble and stuff, there are long poles, steel scaffolding yes, poles, scaffold. still being beat. Yep. So yep. there's one quite long one that I see leaned up against the stairs Okay, uh, coming up. And Brandy phew, takes matters into her own hands and thinks that there's an option here. And what she's going to do is she is going to grab the pole, grab Snorleone, and we're going to try and pole vault. <laughs> pole, but you know, not like pole vault no. where it bends upwards. It's more like a kind of, you it's know, like- where it... Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi, exactly, where, he, yeah, where yeah, yeah. he where we kick off and we try and scale, cut that corner I'm with you. in a big way, yeah, and right. in doing so, it's a terrible idea. So Snorleone maybe loses his cool slightly. Okay, what can I can I make a suggestion? Is that you take the pole and you you, you plant it and you're like, this is a terrible idea. This is never going to work. There's no kind of stability down there. But actually, a few Munch Bunch members from below hold the pole, and they're like, do it, do it for the boss, and they actually help. The sort of the the pole swing as as the boss and all is like no I don't want to do this <laughs> mate, I don't want to do this mate, mate, mate. Like, yes <laughs> do it like, boss do it boss yes mate. <laughs> and we fly <laughs> through the air Brandy wielding a ruler katana <laughs> we, we fly oh. over and what we do is we hit the edge of where 
the uh, Jolly and Boisel are running, yeah. and Snorleone is shot forward, right. right, but right towards the Pokeballs. And because Munchlax is screaming, <laughs> he swallows all the Pokeballs. <laughs> Every single one. All the Pokeballs that are floating but, uh, in the air, uh, uh, or at uh, least... At least like a big majority of them. I can roll to see how many he I think swallowed. let's roll to see how many you swallow. Because all of One them One feels... day six or something? Yeah. Yeah. Or two, if you want to stay with Maybe it. there are 12. There's t- okay, there's 12 Pokeballs, yeah. There are sure. 12 Pokeballs. This is just to see the number of Pokeballs out of the 12 that go into Snorleone's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> so, oh my God. Now, I rolled double sixes again. <laughs> And what's what's really worrying here is that today I bought my own dice and these guys now 100% yeah, think absolutely. they're a magnet. You have waited those. I have not. I oh my God. I so that's that's double sixes again. So Ooh. Stu, I suppose, yeah, as I said, and you tried to you tried to question God in this and I told you that Munchlax swallowed all the Pokeballs. Oh Munchlax swallowed all 12 Pokeballs. So just to clarify, is this... Is this because Munchlax's mouth is so wide? Yeah. Or is it because he's going... <laughs> no, it's because it's so wide. Right. And I think at that point, oh it's just lucky that... Because Jolly's obviously floating these Pokeballs. They're sort of in flux. They're sort of moving in space quite freely. And yeah. it's just a moment where they all seem to be in a one There's just one clump. clump. Right. Rather than right. sort of separated around... Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> that's what happens. So <laughs> That's so good. Snorleone, oh Snorleone swallows all the Pokeballs, rolls, sits up. Jolly and Buizel look behind them and Snorleone just burps. Burps. Who's that Pokemon? Elegy. Just I'm gonna beat you guys. Stretching out the hamstrings. I'm ready oh, to win. You've got your own hamstrings. Oh no, I didn't bring my hamstrings. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> that's a terrible idea. Oh, you hamstrings. Make you can borrow, your hands. Is the race gonna start now, or can I? You can borrow back? one of mine. Can I k- take your hamstrings? Is that okay? Yeah. I actually did bring extra hamstrings just in oh, case. Oh, thanks so They're much. Not very good. I'm really, I'd be really hamstrung without them. So oh, <laughs> yeah, if you could. Let's just do the midsection. Midsection. That was probably our weakest for getting in. Was because we didn't have any hamstrings. Guys, midsection. No messing about. Here we go. This is actually, we're going to do a question rather than a listener NPC. This is from Tilda, who asks, How is evolution handled mechanically? Do you track levels? Triggered narratively in a milestone way? Any of your Pokemon you wouldn't want to evolve during the adventure? Magikarp. Magikarp should never evolve. Swaddle will never evolve because they're never used. They're just lost. This is the sadness that Mustache has actually eaten an Everstone. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll never know <laughs> There's a please moment Please no Please can that not be a thing I can't wait to have a Gyarados oh, how, so is, how is evolution uh, handled? Well mainly I think what we're going for is, is narrative milestone uh, The one major evolution we've encountered so far Is obviously Bowtie going from a Rowl into a Dartrix Which occurred when I think Kenny and Bowtie's relationship Had reached a point that it made sense In that they'd had this rather shocking discovery about Bowtie's past but Kenny had then moved past that and was able to sort of reassure Rowlett and Bowtie that he wanted to be better he wanted to make changes he didn't want to hurt people in the same way it felt like they had a shared goal and they had a shared goal I think Rowlett realised that actually like Kenny is worth my time as much as like I'm good to have him exactly yeah after Ali did that great speech to Rowlett we asked oh okay what should happen next and then Ali said I've got an idea. And Stu said, yeah, I've got an idea as well. And then I said, oh, I too have an idea. And he went, oh, Tom, what's your idea? And I said, I, I went into this very convoluted way in which Rowlett 
uh, tried to move Kenny like a puppet forward into be like, yes, I'm on this journey with you. And Stu and Ali just looked at each other and said, I just thought he would evolve. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense than what I did. Um, it's a puppet thing. It was you, a saw, weird... you saw, you went, and you just move your right foot forward. And then he moves. Raoul moves your forward. left foot forward as if he's pushing you forward. He keeps doing this and you just walk off into the distance. <laughs> and means you were like, or it could or just evolve. It could be a now. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I think evolution will mainly try and keep it with milestones, arc finales, places where it, it would be exciting for that sort of thing to happen. But that's being said, I don't, I don't think there is uh, a world where we could, you know, it, have some kind of training montage or something like that, if that's something people wanted to do. We will try as much as we can to root it within their in-game stats. Like, for yeah. example, you know, I justify Dartrix being the first to evolve just because first-tier starters evolve quite early. They yeah. evolve at level 16 or, or such. So, whereas it would make much less sense if the likes of a Meditite or a Baneri... Yeah, Baneri evolves when, they, when they're when they happy and have high friendship so with their can... trainers, so we're never going to get there. <laughs> but that's great, because that can literally be in this perfect... That's such moment. a power yeah. of friendship moment yes. that yeah. means... You perfect. Know, yeah, exactly. That would be great. Um, in terms friendship, of, no jutsu. In terms of how it works mechanically, with our new uh, Pocket Monster of the Week game, um, our Pokemon actually have stats and stuff like that, so uh, they're not hugely um, detailed in terms of the crunchy kind of like in-game base stats and stuff. Uh, but we do sort of take them as inspiration and give them a certain harm capacity, uh, a certain special and attack modifier. And those will change, obviously, as the Pokemon evolve and get stronger and better. And it will just, again, narratively work with that Pokemon will be capable of more things. So, yeah. you know, currently Meditite is able to lift people and lift certain things. I'm thinking a Medicham might be able to lift some, you have something Munchlax. even bigger Munchlax. <laughs> the continent <laughs> the continent well that's mega medicham it's lifting <laughs> it's lifting the yeah. meteor and obviously as we've been doing with moves and stuff like that uh, if a pokemon was to learn some new moves when they evolve or whatever we would give them the ability to do that so yeah. you know they might get some fly moves if they gain a flying type Cool, great Are question. Are we going to start this race? No, the race is already over. Oh, guys, oh. everyone left. We tried to chat about a midsection. <laughs> the, race, the race is oh, finished. God. This wasn't was a midsection race. This was an actual race. It was a 100-metre sprint, and we just stood here chatting. Was, yeah, this was is the worst Olympics ever. 45 seconds Guys, can you get off? The 200 metres is about to start. Oh, oh they're setting up the hurdles. Oh, God. Hello, me again, just jumping in, uh, as it is time for another podcast promo. This week, it's a podcast very close the Critical Ditto hearts. It's the other half of Critical Force Monday. It's Force Majeure, another British podcast, but this time it's about Star Wars. That's right, it's a Star Wars TTRPG, tabletop role-playing game. It's a fantastic series. They flip between two different groups of characters every season, and they have amazing sponsors. Like, we would kill to get some of the Force Majeure sponsors. They are that good. And who knows, maybe one day, and I'm not doing hey, hey, I'm just saying, maybe there's a collaboration in the future between Force Majeure and Critical Ditto to truly create Critical Force. But I'm not explaining it very well. I will hand over to Adam, who can explain it infinitely more eloquently than I can. Take it away, Adam. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there are still stories waiting to be told. Force Majeure is an actual play Star Wars podcast, following groups of emergent Force sensitives trying to survive the worst the Outer Rim can throw at them. So if you like action, adventure, 
thrilling yarns and good tea, you might enjoy Force Majeure. Find us on Twitter at Force Majeure Pod or online at forcemajeurepod.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Who's that Pokemon? It's Ella Kid. What a round for Brandy! <laughs> Give me oh, my word. So all the Pokeballs are secured in in, in, in Munchlax. All right, I think it. Jolly and Weasel witness this uh, with mouths agape. Does, does Jolly? Yeah, so does everyone else. <laughs> does Jolly attempt to float Munchlax but can't because he's so Too heavy. heavy? And you can see these sort of pink glows within Munchlax's belly going, but there's just no movement at all. <laughs> and I think Weasel just gives Jolly a look as if to say. Cut the losses. Let's get out of here. This is mental. We need to go. And they turn back towards Theo and 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 Togekiss. Uh, Buizel gives Jolly a look. Remove the obstacle. Jolly stops trying to lift Munchlax and readies a Moonblast to fire at Togekiss. What do you do? There's a, there's a moment here where Theo really was only interested in saving these Pokeballs. Like at the end of the day, there's not a huge amount of uh, of personal stake in stopping the Buizel family for Theo Fair. in this situation. However. Theo's been beaten around. Theo's fallen through a ceiling. Theo has made a lot of mistakes in this chapter. Theo... Uh, Theo drank for the first time. Theo's had a real... Theo, Theo's got a hangover. Theo got a hangover. <laughs> Theo's Theo got tastes a, metal. A weird <laughs> headache that you're like, oh, what is that? What is that? Theo hasn't felt this since Meditite used confusion on them once uh, <laughs> in a particularly furious argument. And I think Theo could just step aside. Theo could just let these two criminals that Theo has no engagement with just leave. They could. But Theo stands there and turns to Togekiss and says, Well, we're the special defence force. We're supposed to be stopping people like this. Air Slash. And you'd probably go, We're the special defenders! <laughs> Short, yeah, didn't really remember the name. It's okay. been a while. <laughs> Sorry, you, you do, you go. One time when I battle, could you just not criticise everything I do? Sorry. Sorry, good luck! <laughs> Here we go. Theo engaging in Pokemon to Pokemon combat. <laughs> Let's roll some kicks and frostlass. With special. David, so I don't want to influence your decision at all, but do you want my dice? Are you admitting? <laughs> you can take mine if you want. Oh, <laughs> for once. <laughs> right, for once. For once. That's what I said. Can you make my moves not miss? What is you know it? what? You know what? It's a four, but I'm just going to use it. Can I use a luck point? Yes. You want to use a luck point on this? You know what? I'm just going to use a luck point. I'm just. <laughs> I'm bluddy done. <laughs> I'm just, the luck points are flying. And oh I've, not used a luck, I've not used a luck point yet. Let's all hit an equal The level. luck points are being spent. Oh, I love it. Well, as well. Do you know what? Like everyone's everyone's used a luck point this arc. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. You know, we've got six. Like yeah, six. Could, yeah. could, that could work out economically. We'll luck run point. out of luck points just for the last arc where it's most important. <laughs> yes. Well, as as I have shown with these guys, basically that means you get double sixes plus Great. plus whatever your special is. Uh, I'm plus two special. Great. So you get 14 as well. So Great. again, you basically can sort of choose what happens here. I shall let you have the floor. Okay. Easy episode for Stu in this one. Yeah. Handing the floor over to, to Love to these us. crit successes. <laughs> We've all just crit success this because we just used two luck five, Episode five, the day they turn their back on the dice. <laughs> <laughs> the mix, they'll come. The mixed successes they'll will come. come. The day done. that in a season finale we all just decide Maybe we just succeed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we just succeed. Maybe just really good. Maybe we're just good. Guys, we need a win. So just to set the scene, you see Jolly the Gardevoir readying one of these heinous moon blasts that mm. absolutely tanked Dartrix back in the museum. Yeah. 
and starts to sort of fire it towards you and Togekiss. So, as we've established before, Theo and Togekiss don't really do verbal commands in the same way. There's something there's something more to yeah. this connection that we, ha- that we have established. So I think this Moonblast goes towards the two of them. The benefit of Togekiss being part fairy and Theo being in this mind set is that both of them just, just dodge it. It just completely dodges and it fires straight at the Driftblim. Oh, yes. oh that's really what I wanted you to say. And hits it. Which, just to establish, is not an actual drift blim. It is like a drift blim shaped okay, airship. Right. It's sort of like, you know how uh, sure. they had the Meowth balloon in yeah, yes. the Team yeah. Rocket balloons? It's kind of like that. Sure. Um, so, okay. So I guess the Moonblast would, would puncture that canvas oh, like nobody's oh, business. Yeah, that yeah, would straight through. Yeah. Big explosion, serious damage to that, that the drift blim yeah. airship. Togekiss just careens in for this air slash, suddenly just there in front of Jolly. And this air slash is so intense that Jolly is is knocked to the edge of the mezzanine. Great. Is about to topple. I love this. I love like a teetering Jolly and the wind totally knocked out. Like normally by now she would have corrected herself with some kind of psychic energy. But this air yeah. slash is so vicious that she is completely shocked and stunned. And she's just thrown towards the edge of the mezzanine, dust kicking up from behind. And she's just toppling. And there's no one there to catch. And there's a moment she looks back to Buizel, and then you see the form of Jolly fall <laughs> off the mezzanine. And we don't see. We don't see what happens. I think mm. there's a moment with Jolly that was no ordinary Pokemon that just hit me. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's a guard of war. They're psychic. They know where people are going to go. Jolly had no idea that that attack was coming. Yeah. But Jolly's almost just in shock yeah. that yeah. that experience has happened to, to them. That someone was able to hit Jolly. Uh, have they fallen back into the room or back off the edge of the obelisk? Like, Ooh, what would you prefer? I love. I do love the idea. I do love the idea yeah. of a of a Gardevoir just falling against the silhouette of a moon. Maybe Gardevoir has a moment where it's like, if I fall, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. I can explore my own machinations of evil mm. power if I want, or I could start a new life elsewhere. But I'm away from this boizel. Yeah. yeah. Whereas well, if I fall into the room, I'm either going to just hit something instantly and hurt myself a lot, slash die, or I'll you know they'll, they'll catch me. Because this is a very high building, so there's yeah. a lot of time to think. I now just have an image of the Gardevoir like arching back against the moon and there's just like a final smile and Jolly yeah. is finally Jolly. There's a, there's a smile that's not fake. Yeah. A true smile and maybe a speck of a tear just yeah. glinting in the moonlight as you see Jolly's figure disappear. feels deeply connected to this to this Togekiss and runs to Togekiss's side to support it. And in the moment of them locking eyes, of making physical contact, there is, between Theo and Togekiss, there's a kind of misty terrain that kind of spreads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just for a brief moment, it's Theo communing with another soul, as Theo has proved they can do on multiple occasions in the past. And I don't know if there's an actual physical ability to, to see what Theo begins to know in this moment. But this Togekiss has been passed from church member to church member to church member. has been a figure that carries a great deal of knowledge within particularly like rebellious members of the church. But Theo realises in that moment that Togekiss might know where the books that lead to the King's Rock might be placed. 
I'm getting some serious Avatar: The Last Airbender vibes. Very much that. And I have this. I have this feeling that in this misty terrain behind Togekiss, you just see 200 church members of the past, mm. including. I don't know if you can include Kanan in this, but but maybe maybe Kanan's yeah. there. But I'm thinking members who have passed on. The rebellious ones. They're yeah. the ones who Togekiss chose. Great. And I think Kanan is at the front. And. Kanan speaks, and it's almost like Togekiss is speaking through Kanan a little bit. And Kanan walks up, almost as the figurehead of these 200. My Theo. I didn't think I'd ever see you again. Theo, it's my time soon. I don't have a lot of it, but if I have a chance, it would be nice to give you something useful. I'm so proud of you, and the path you're walking. I wish I could have helped more at the start, but perhaps this is my chance. Perhaps this is why I was chosen. You're close, Theo. You're on the right path. Go to the Conclave. Follow the signs. In your heart you will know. Thank you for always giving me answers. Thank you for always questioning them. And then the misty terrain parts. And Theo, I wanted to... Whoa! (laughs) So no! So there were 200 of us! We also wanted to do a thing! I want to do some explicit... Also, is my family okay? I hate being in this misty realm! Kanan always speaks! (laughs) It's ridiculous! We need to rotate the speaker! Great, so the misty terrain fades. Yeah. Oh man, I was so taken in by the vision. I don't know what's what's happening in reality. Oh, it's just a weasel there. It's just a weasel. Almost now looking, looking, looking more and more like the weasel she is. It's almost like I mean, she was wearing all this horrible regalia and jewels and paraphernalia before, but it's almost like they look bigger on her now. It looks like she's shrunk. She looks more pathetic in them. But yeah, she goes to the top. The airship has been destroyed. Uh, so she knows there's still there's still a steam powered torque machine, <laughs> and she rips off the final bit of tarp. Kenny, with your eagle eyes, no, from wherever this, you are, this is what happens. Okay, all right. Kenny crashes onto the top, just as she's like getting there. Just as she sort of pulls it yeah, off, great, and he lands on a button Ooh. on the airship, <laughs> and out <laughs> of the Torkoal's mouth, as you might expect, flames. <gasps> <laughs> expel out of this figurehead this wow. Torkoal t- figurehead and because she's a water type it's not going to like seriously no. hurt her but I like it in the anime style that she's just like frozen like black, black blackened yeah. there like yes. you just see the eyes going <laughs> dum, 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 like that and <laughs> so there's a bit of singe coming there's a little up, bit and of then singe. she just falls back. yeah exactly as Kenny does that he scrambles up and goes don't worry guys I'm here oh you did it already <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that basically removes the antagonists from the scene. Obviously, the fire is being dealt with by Bhutan. Can I make a suggestion yeah? that Kenny lands on a button with the fire, and then Kenny and Kenny's way, there's another button right Ooh, next to Oh, look it. at all these buttons. And then just presses another button, and it's a water cannon. So oh. after the fire, the Torgo opens its mouth, and then water just sprays out. Yes. Like absolute... what, what does this lever do? And it sort of starts to rotate the, the, the like ship. Like a sprinkler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just goes all over the room. And so everyone who'd been fighting quite heroically with the fire, perhaps going towards them, yeah. and they were losing, but they're you know, they the munch bunch. They were going to keep fighting. Bhutan was like, to the end! Uh, and it's this sort of nice sprinkler 
sort of takes over. Oh, so everyone's like looking up above, the rain is coming, and there's some hugs. And I think Bhutan goes over to where Peitang fell. Oh. And finally now the fire extinguished, he's able to kneel and just kind of like take a moment with his fallen son. And the tears yeah. and the, the sprinkler are masked into one big wet face. Fade back up, a little bit of time has passed, it's now much later at night, into Munchlax's office, essentially, uh, which was at the back of the casino, uh, which we never saw because Brandy kind of got headed off before we reached there by Mesprit Dealer and Co. And it's a very opulent uh, lounge, lots of red velvet, lots of sort of low lighting. Yes, Ali? Munchlax has asked to play his favourite record from Just Claws on the gramophone, so... The sweet sounds of Meowth to Meowth are serenading the group. <laughs> meowth to Meowth. But to but. <laughs> I can see why it's his favourite. I, mean, I get it. I get it. Someone tries to talk over it and, and he's like, Munch, not this bit. <laughs> not <laughs> bit. Everyone has to sit not in full three minute silence. So this record is playing as Red Velvet. There is Munch likes being examined by a doctor. There's, <laughs> there's just, we're all crowded around Munchlax as this doctor's like, so what happened again? <laughs> Swallowed 12 Pokeballs. Yeah, absolutely that's happening. One of the one of the family doctors is examining Munchlax. And who's there? Brandy's there, obviously. Theo, Kenny, uh, Butang is there. Yeah. Um, the swollen face of Mesprit Dealer. Adri hung over in a corner. Boss, we caught this guy just roaming outside talking about some sort of casino heist. We don't know. We thought we'd bring him in to you. Munch, munch, Munchlax. So Adri's been recovered. Um, Buizel is tied up. Yes, absolutely. I kind of see Buizel dangling from the ceiling, just like moving her little legs like... <laughs> Rock the Dwayne's there just doing pull-ups. Yes. Just keeping an eye on, on, on Kenny. It's like, there's, there's an acknowledgement there. The broman. Yeah. But yes, so this is the scene that we find ourselves in. Kenny has brought out Salandit to sort of introduce hoops. hoops to the group. Okay, great. And so Salandit is just sort of like perching on Kenny's shoulder, like a bit wary of the other people, but Kenny's so, like, it's all right, they're cool. I was going to say, I think Theo was looking at Salandit and talking to Kenny and was just like, so Salandit got removed from a troop for being the wrong gender. I know. So horrible, right? God, gender's awful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the worst. I think I'm on board. <laughs> so Munchlax has managed to burp out like a couple of Pokeballs. Yeah, yeah. So let's say we've got all of our Pokemon back, but there are still a few unknown yeah. Pokemon yeah, yeah. stuck I like that. I like in Munchlax's stomach. <laughs> As a medical professional, this is highly concerning. There is a, a, a Munchlax here who has had 12 Pokeballs. It, it's, done, it's done some damage, I can't lie. The stomach has stretched. I now think this Munchlax may have the largest stomach of any lax ever, which says a lot. Um, <laughs> listen, they should be okay, but who... Munchlax, are you Are you a, a sort of individual? Do you have a trainer? I dare, I dare not ask, but... Munch, 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 gestures to Brandy. Oh, you do? I don't think, I don't think I'm necessarily his trainer, more like his sort of manager slash lawyer. I feel <laughs> like that might be more my role right. in this. Well, whoever you are, just be careful with food for the next few days and make sure they don't eat 12 Pokeballs again. I mean, I didn't. it's not like I asked him to eat 12 Pokeballs. That seems a very responsible thing to do as a trainer. Brandy, 
This is Bhutan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you said it. I was like, oh, is this... <laughs> the, the doctor got a very serious voice. <laughs> no, the doctor has stopped speaking. This is Bhutan. And I think Bhutan just takes you aside for a second, Brandy. Listen, you and Snorleone, are you a team now? I would say so. I think you have an experience like that together. Where I felt like we were quite a good team. I want to become the Pokemon champion, you see, and Soliani's pretty strong. So that would be really useful for me. I just, if, if he wants to come, he's more than welcome. I just wonder what's going to happen to the casino. Mr. Munchlax, this is beyond my remit to say, but if you did fancy seeing a bit more of the world, I'm happy to hold down the fort here while you're away. Soliani just walks back up to Bhutan. Asks him to, to, to bend down because he's much, much taller. Of course, of course. Just grabs him by the head again. Kisses him on one cheek. Kisses him on the other cheek. Takes a boss pin, shall we say. Just puts it on his on his, on his shirt. Munchlax. And then walks over to Brandy. And then gestures to the to the Munchlax seat behind the desk oh. for Bhutan. This is your seat, Master Munchlax. I am merely its steward. Uh, and Bhutan as well. Uh, I know, obviously, this is, you know, no one could replace Paytang. Uh, but we, uh, when we, when uh, I met Snorleone out in the dump, there was a young man who seemed very lost and troubled. And you'll be able to, to identify him. He's not wearing any clothes and he's wearing a mask that he thinks looks like me. You know, if you could find them and maybe maybe they could help you out. I just feel like they need a roof over their head more than anything else. I'll do my best. I mean... At the very least, I can give him a cheese toasty. Oh. Should we all just have a cheese toasty right now? I think so. There's a big platter in the middle. Uh, Buizel doesn't get one, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but everyone else... Buizel? No! But everyone gets their grilled cheese, and maybe there's a toast. We raise them and just say... A cheese toast. To Peitang. To Peitang. To Mr. Shit Peitang. To Peitang. To Peitang. To Peitang. Much, much, yes. I can't eat. I'm so small and I have no teeth. Can someone like funnel it through, like <laughs> mush it please. up, and please don't could you really do with some sustenance? Actually, just in the corner, like, what is the symbolism of the cheese toasties here? Right? I, I feel like I missed something I missed quite important. <laughs> um, Did someone die? <laughs> Do we get? Th- we got three extra Pokeballs. Let's say there are four th- spare Pokeballs left over mathematically. Four. Okay, there so we've four. got four spare Pokeballs. Um, let's let's leave them for next time. After after the toasting of the cheese, you leave Munchlax's office with Butang now, kind of heading the operation, directing some Munchbutch members to reinstate the Munch Bunch legacy. Um, they put on their casino masks. <laughs> they put on the casino masks and it's back to business as normal. And as you leave the office and go back into the casino, into the thriving floor, it's midnight, it's still going. Oh, it's yeah, the city baby. that never sleeps. Uh, you're tired, but Brandy, your your Pori phone starts to ring. Go for Brandy. Hi, Brandy. Uh, it's Candy. I know it's late. Um, oh, hey, Candy. Listen, I just wondered if you had any updates on uh, on how and everything was going with the uh, the, the train. 
The train! Oh my god, I forgot about the train! The train! Oh yes, we are you know, ready! We you know, are packed! It leaves, everything. leaves tomorrow, yeah? Yep, You're we all... all... You told us to not do anything crazy, nope. and I'm going to say that... I'm going to say something which will make you think we did something crazy, but I promise you we didn't. We may have taken down a mob boss tonight, and I was wondering if anyone, league officials, could come down and sort of arrest... It's a Pokemon, though, so I don't know if you've got Pokemon Court... I know, I know, I'm sorry. It wasn't, it didn't mean to happen. Our Pokemon got stolen. It was a whole deal. We uh, had to get them back. Oh, you can't, we can't do the train with just a magic carp. That's mad. Sorry, Kenny, I didn't mean that. No, it's fair. <laughs> All right, oh, okay. All right, listen, Um, I'll see what I can do. Thanks, Kenny. It's know? a weasel. It's a weasel. Just come to the casino. As for, as for, as for Butang, I promise we are going to go and get some rest right now and we're going to sleep and we are going to be so fresh for the train yes. tomorrow. Nothing is going to distract Nothing us from gonna... this now. Well, go, because you can't miss this. We won't. I need to go now. There's stuff I need to sort out. Great job on that one. Great job, Brandy. Thanks. Thanks, that Theo. I really... <sighs> I totally forgot about the train. Oh, mm. God. What a day. We need to just go back to the hotel. I agree. Or a hotel, wherever, and just get some sleep, because I am shattered. Just Hoops. rest. Yeah. Oh. My. God! It's Brandy! And Brandy, you turn and you see across the casino floor, all you want to do is, is go to bed, sleep, rest, uh, but you turn and see Kalandi, Shandy, Mandy, Sandy, and Mark, the Gary Smoke cheerleaders, have made good on their promise and turned up in Pyrenile. They're here to party and party hard. Oh my god. <laughs> Give us a B! Give us an R! Give us an A and D! With an I on the end! Is Brandy is her name and she is our friend! Brandy! <laughs> We're not getting any sleep, are we? Brandy. I love these girls. Teach me poker. Adri Fermance goes, I mean, I'm really into gin now, so (laughs) I'm up for for round two, Theo. All night sesh. This is all because of you. (laughs) All of it is because of you. I found, Theo, that if you drink this, you forget, so... Can you get two hangovers in one day? I'm going to test it. (laughs) Um, Wow, is that a real roulette table over there? It might be if you could pronounce it. A royal roulette? I had a couple of drinks. I've never played it before. There are so many lights in this room. All right, I, Kalandi, the most special of all the cheerleaders. I agree. We'll go and play roulette. With me? With you, you small boy. (laughs) You look so... Cute, you make me feel really calm. We're not going to get any sleep, are we? Sorry, I didn't sleep anyway. <laughs> Is the roulette dealer in the corner somewhere? Just having like... a palpitation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> no, the irony is he just finished his shift. <laughs> He's walking out going, they never just... came. Yeah, and there's just like this other like random lady's just like, oh god, this is going to be annoying. He's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> I think that scene fades down on, on a massive party in the casino massive. where everyone's yeah. really tired, but we... But trying to power through. <laughs> trying to power through us. The <laughs> cheerleaders won't nap. let, okay. let Brandy and co leave. Pans out of the casino to a burning obelisk in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> God, we're still falling. <laughs> Go for Phillips, hello. Uh, uh, hey, um, hi, hi, boss. Um, it's Candy here. Um, 
Look, I just got off the phone to, to Brandy, um, not, not telling you any details you don't want to know, uh, but she told me that her and Kenny and Theo had apprehended a mop boss in Pyrenile. I was just wondering if maybe you could send a couple of employees from the League to apprehend uh, the mob boss there, take him to jail, that's all, all we need. This is not a regular thing, alright? We need to keep things low profile. I realize it doesn't even have to be connected to anything, it could just be a mob boss right. went bust, that's all. Send a couple of mob trusted fellows tomorrow morning tomorrow morning yes um they did mention that uh the mob boss was stealing pokemon uh maybe it might be worth weird you know i know i i, I didn't really get much but it okay. might just be all right, worth all right. asking them a few questions i get it i get it i'll handle it candy out general phillips hangs up the phone glances around the shop and sees that it's empty except for jockey vivian drill and sighs relief at least he's safe here and carries on slurping his udon Thinking. You're an animal. <laughs> oh, God. It's a, Sue me, baby. You? It's good. It's good, Udon. Why do you answer your phone immediately? Don't let it play that stupid music. Well, it's better than your background music at your store. How dare you? That's the sounds of the Ursaring Forest. Those this are my is, ancestors. This is lame, baby. Oh, you are awful. Vivi lays down her mop and sneaks out into the freezer at the back of the Ursaring Udon. Just gonna get more noodles. Sure, Whatever. Vivi enters the freezer and closes the door quietly behind her. She gets out her own Por iPhone. Hi, t- Tyler? Hi, Vivi. Vivi here. Agent Zero. <laughs> no. Cut that name, we didn't use any code Are you not going to call me Agent Zero? We really discussed that that was not going to be a thing we did in this. <laughs> oh, Tyler, you're so mean. <laughs> I just overheard something you might be interested in. They mentioned uh, a mob boss in Pyrenile has been captured. And they're going to go down tomorrow morning to um, to question question them. For once, Vivi, this is really useful information. Thanks, Tyler. Um, <laughs> Don't take that as a compliment. No. Oh, so I won't. I won't. But maybe are you are you going down there? Yeah, on my own. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just I have to work at the shop anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. So just never meet me, actually. Tyler, I just wanted to ask: Is is Elikid with you? <laughs> and Tyler looks down at Elikid and just goes, "Shh, shh, shh." No, no, no. Elikid's nowhere. Could you tell him it'd be great to see him again as well? Like, you know, not yeah. call me back. Of course, so. yeah, of course. Okay, of I've just course. sent him a couple of couple of texts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird, weird, isn't that? But yeah, we can we can make that work. Yeah. Yeah. Just to his phone is like, no, hang, hang up. She, <laughs> she is crazy. <laughs> okay, Vivi and or Drill, thank you for that. I'll report back anything else to you. Please don't. Okay, bye. Vivi retracts her poor iPhone. Back to work, Vivi. Or. Agent Zero. I shouldn't say that out loud. I'm a spy. (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm doing great. Put yourself together, Vivi. Agent Zero. No, don't say that. Vivi, Udon shop worker. I've got the noodles! There we go. Goodbye, Pyrenile. Or is it? It probably is. I, I know what's coming in the next episode, so yeah, it is the end of Pyrenile. But what a ride. What a ride it's been. Remember that next week will be our Reflect episode, where we will tie up all of the loose plot threads. You know, you're really desperate for us to tie up those loose threads. I can feel it. So if you do have a question for the Reflect, maybe you're wondering, what the heck happened to Adri Fomonsk? Maybe you're wondering, where's that kid from the dump? Maybe you're wondering, Pira what? Who knows? 
let us know on Twitter or on our Discord. That's at Critical Ditto. And there's also a link to the Discord there. I'd like to thank everyone at the Discord because it's been really cool at the moment. Love to thank the Paladins, Carrie, Brit, Aurora, Rove and Gigi for just creating such a great atmosphere. It's, it's been really enjoyable being a part of that community. And especially the influx of quite a few new members. It's just been brilliant. So if you want to, if you want to share in the brilliance, come on down to the Critical Ditto Discord. Okay, I would also like to thank the creator of Monster of the Week, Michael Sands, from which our game, Pocket Monster of the Week, is adapted from. If you want to keep up to date with how Pocket Monster of the Week is going and the rules we are currently using, that's all on our Discord as well. Uh, I'd also like to thank Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective for the albums Canto Symphony and Johto Legends and Time and Space. Time and Space, amazing. Go on Bandcamp, get them all. They're phenomenal. Uh, and also Glitch X City, who, I mean, no, nobody does it better, am I right? The remixes are insanely good. And we wouldn't be half the podcast without either of those two great creators. I'd also like to thank, speaking of creators, Satoshi Tajiri and Junichi Master for creating a little thing we like to call Pokemon. We like to call it, they would also call it Pokemon. It's it's the brand. Just a reminder though, we are a fan-made, not-for-profit podcast and have no affiliation with Game Freak or the Pokemon Company. And thank you for listening. Finally, I'd like to thank David, Ali and Stu for what was a good arc or fun arc to play. We all got a new Pokemon. Sure, some people might say David's now super overpowered, but <laughs> who cares? It's David. He'll use the power wisely, I'm sure. Or he'll still continue to lose Pokemon battles. Um, and finally, go catch them all. And by all, I mean your dreams. Oh my god. How was that? That, that was pretty good. Cool. I we wonder how at some point. Yeah. <laughs>